Welcome to the Life Exchange Podcast, where we give you practical solutions for self, community, and culture. Depending on your spheres of interaction, covenant may either be a foreign word to you or one that is used quite often. But what is it, and is it still relevant today? Relationships are often complex and can be really tricky to navigate, especially in a society where commitment and trust are such a rare commodity. We hope that this episode helps you see the value in relational equity as we explore the different sides of this thing called covenant. Let's get right into it. Hi, I'm Melody Hilton. And I'm Joel Hilton. And I am Katie Stansfield. And guys, if you could have been in this room, we just spent about an hour pre <laughs> going over this topic. We should have just hit record We then. should have. Um, I just don't know if you guys can handle the the true intensity when we're working through things. It sounds like we're arguing, but um, if we are, it's the most loving kind of argument. Well, we just did a podcast on... Um, working through disagreement. Yeah, doing it with honor. <laughs> yeah, yes. So that's, And I think we did it well. Yeah, I think so. So we'll see where that conversation gets us. We're on the same page of knowing that we're not on the same page. <laughs> We're in the, maybe in the same chapter, but not on the same page. <laughs> so you might get various sides of this, which is, hey, I would enjoy various sides. So, yeah. Um, so that to say, our topic we're talking about today is covenant, um, covenant relationships. Uh, what are they? Are they still relevant? Because um, you hear about uh, those relationships in, in scripture. Mm-hmm. And so you have to wonder, was that just a pastime thing or is it, are they still valuable in this day and age? Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think? Are they still relevant today? Is this a yes or no type of thing? Nope. Or? This is a, I'm <laughs> setting you up. Go for it. <laughs> All right. There's a softball and let's see if I can actually... Hit it. So basically, let's define what a covenant relationship. So a covenant relationship in its most basic sense is any partnership that requires an agreement, commitment, promise. And if you're in a relationship that begins with commitment or promise or agreement, you're in a covenantal relationship. Like I said, it's that's the most basic sense. So to be honest, you're in a covenantal relationship with your their, your place of employment because it began with an agreement of this is what you're going to offer your time, your energy, your skill, and then they're going to give you money you. or mm-hmm. uh, they're going to give you benefits, whatever it is. Hopefully, it's not just Hopefully both <laughs> food compensation like here's a burger. Uh, <laughs> but w- with a covenant relationship, when the when that agreement is broken, then then that covenant covenant relationship tends to become broken. So, uh, but obviously, like I said, in the most basic sense, a a covenantal relationship is one that begins or it requires an agreement, a commitment, a promise, but obviously in the, basically a contract, right? Mm -hmm. A a covenant relationship comes from a contract, right? Mm -hmm. An agreement, a partnership. Now, obviously in the kingdom, we hope that our relationships or our covenantal relationships are not just based upon a con a contract, but more from the heart, uh, an agreement and a partnership from Mm -hmm. connecting in heart and purpose and vision. So that's what a covenantal relationship is on the most basic sense. 
And so the purpose of a covenant is, is really simple. A covenant is a mutually bonding agreement, a mutual commitment between parties that contain both responsibilities mm-hmm. as well as benefits. And like I said, like a job or whatever. So they're, they're bound by the law, mm-hmm. but they're also uh, they're bound by someone's character. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a relationship have you ever given your word to someone and then you, it came back and you're like, I really don't want to do this, <laughs> but you gave your word. You're kind of bound by your word. And so it goes back to who you are as a person. Uh, so those are ways that a covenant relationship binds us either, either by law or by one's character. Mm-hmm. Well, the word says, uh, keep your word even at your own hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So making a promise uh, entering into covenant, we have really a responsibility f- before God to keep uh, that covenant, to to honor our words, to and, follow through to completion. Yeah, and I think one of the reasons why we wanted to ask the question if they're still relevant, because I think in society now, yeah, it, it's very much it's in a foreign idea uh, because people generally want the benefits without the responsibility, right? Yep. Like I said before, a covenant is an agreement where there is both responsibilities on both parties, but then there is a benefit on both parties. So a lot of times, and and this is why a lot of relationships fail, because only one side is giving or doing their part, mm-hmm. and 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 we we know how that ends. Well, you know, for some of us, we stick that out longer mm-hmm. than we should, but or even two people, they join together both for what they need. And when they get there, they both come up dry mm-hmm. because they entered into that covenant or that agreement for what I was going to get without thinking of yeah. taking responsibility to make an investment and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Don't you have like a thing that you say about two ticks sucking on one dog? Yeah, or something two, like no, that? two sick. Two ticks, no dog. Oh, <laughs> They're okay. sucking the life out of each other. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I don't it's just know like, that I've heard that one. Yeah, two ticks, no dog. And so it's you just go into because of what I'm going to get. Mm-hmm. And I think what's happening in our world and why some mm-hmm. people think uh, even marriage covenant is no longer relevant. Mm-hmm. We'll just live together. What's the difference? Yeah. You know, we're, we have an agreement. Mm-hmm. So this is enough that... Uh, even in the church, it's like, what, 35% of the church is being divorced. That's the exact same t- statistic as the world. And um, they're even saying as a young generation rises up, they feel that they could have up to three marriages because you have different phases in your life, mm-hmm. because you have different needs in your life. And mm-hmm. I thought, oh, so the reason you get married is what you're going to get. And mm-hmm. when what you need is different, then I throw away this one and get another one that meets that need. It's mm-hmm. like this is all convoluted and it's a twisting and a perversion of what true covenant is. Yeah. And so we look at that and think it's not relevant any longer when in actuality it's probably more necessary to be relevant to us, especially as believers, than ever before because it represents the kingdom, in my opinion. Often the greatest traumas in my life is where there were spoken uh, covenantal relationships that held no value to the other person. Mm -hmm. Or they broke it or they violated it or uh, they didn't follow through 
on that commitment that they made of the heart. And you also had a false sense of what love was at that time, where you felt the more you gave, the more you love, even if it was usury. Yeah. And, uh, but even with being quote unquote used, Mm -hmm. I don't think there was originally the things that were spoken uh, to enter into covenant were, it was, it was more ego driven, Mm -hmm. you know, more self driven. Let me, Joel, let's enter into covenant because I need what you have Mm -hmm. without anything inside of me really wanting to give back to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the fundamental purpose of a covenant uh, of a covenant is the exchange of life. Exactly. It's like uh, there is responsibilities involved, but then there's also the reaping the reward of the partnership. Right. And if it's if it is one-sided, it's not really accomplishing what a true covenant is set up exactly. to do. Exactly. Actually, it was like almost a a covenant agreed upon in false pretense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the the goal, the objective, the agenda was not what a covenant is about. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we enter into covenants or agreements. Um, so it would be like you're getting a job and they say, well, we're going to pay you this much for your work per hour. Mm-hmm. And then you, you say, okay, I'm going to do that. You take the job, you do the bare minimum, and then and you're getting that amount. And then you're expecting a raise. Like you're expecting them to compensate you without meeting the other side. But covenant is you both have to show up. You both have to be exchanging. You both have to be giving your level best. Now, of course, there's seasons where certain, you know, there's dips in that. I totally understand in in life, Mm -hmm. uh, in relationships, how at some times it's not going to be completely balanced, but in heart, it is, I'm going to, I continually show up and I continually give, um, my, my best to see this covenant through. Yeah. I love how you say we're giving our best. Yeah. It might not, if you sat and could quantify certain things, right. that might not be equal. Right. Uh, but it is still a person giving their very best. I, my grandkids over, right. Yeah. Yeah. And Probably we are giving much more than they are giving, yeah. but they're giving their best to the relationship, you yeah. know, and it's because there's different levels of maturity and different levels of expectation because of that. You know, even in marriages, sometimes, you know, I, I might give more because there's greater need mm-hmm. uh, on Stephen's side, or there's times he gives a lot more because there's greater need on my side. And so, the the bottom line is is we're giving our level best yeah. every day and and that's powerful so we got to recognize it's not always one dozen for each of us sometimes it it vacillates it changes based upon needs but the key is the the foundation is the heart mm-hmm. you know i i committed to the success of this person and i know they're committed to my success yeah I heard a minister say a long time ago, I won't say their name just in case I mess this up, but um, they made an agreement really, really early on in their marriage that um, that only one of them at a time could be down. So meaning mm-hmm. if one of them was in a bad place or a bad mood that day, the other one had to be up. And so it was whoever hap- it happened first. So if somebody woke up 
and it was just not their best day, well, then they were up first. So the other person had to kind of make up the difference. And uh, I just always thought that that was interesting because it just kind of, you know, it, it's kind of a funny thing. I don't think it was, mm-hmm. you know, it's not do or die for their relationship, but um, just saying that recognizing that we're in this together and you're going to have good days and bad days and I'm going to have good days and bad days. And um, it, so things are not always going to be completely equal every day, but we are going to show up and do what we got to do to move forward in life and relationship. I love how you s- share that story because, you know, I'm just looking right here, you know, you, Katie and Joel and me and in so many ways and Stephen, you know, it, it's it's so beautiful because guess what? Sometimes one of us is overloaded, mm-hmm. you know, or we're faced with a challenge or whatever. It's just like, okay, others rise up and fill in the gap. Mm-hmm. Okay, Okay, you are overloaded. Let me take on some of that load. Let me help you in this. And I think that is very, very powerful because it is um, it is covenant. It's wanting what's best for the other person, uh, knowing that that person is going to be there for me if yeah. I need it. Yeah. And that's that's really important. Yeah, I agree. Covenant relationships really are powerful if if they're done well. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, every covenant relationship needs like an end goal. Remember how I said in the beginning that a covenant re- relationship is really founded on agreement and commitment? Well, a commitment to what? Something, a target or something that we're aiming towards. This is something that we're striving together. And when it works well, we carry the weight that we can for the benefit of both so yeah. that we share the load, mm-hmm. then then we can reap the harvest of where we're going. Yeah, so if good. you don't have an end goal, if you don't have an uh, a desired outcome for a relationship, where you, you know, people are just going to just going to go their own way and go their own direction. And that's why covenant can, can really be powerful. So how can there be covenant or how can there be this deep meaningful relationship if there's not some type of expectation or an agreement for an end goal? Mm -hmm. I think of this in the church, obviously, because I've been in the church realm forever. Forever. So (laughs) yeah, when you get older, it used to be 10 years. Now it's just forever, you know? (laughs) Well, it was. We were in the ministry when you were born. Yeah. One thing that gets talked a lot about in the church is, oh, we need fathers and mothers, and, mm-hmm. and which is biblical. Yeah, which mm-hmm. is biblical. And but what I what I find is sometimes um, people come and they'll come up to you. I need you. To, I want you to be my mother, uh, Pastor Steve. I want you to be my father. A lot of times they're like, I want this from you, but I'm I don't realize what I actually have to give to make that happen. Mm-hmm. What does that actually mean? What does that involve? What are mine and your responsibilities? What cost requires for this relationship to be healthy? And so even a fa- like a, a spiritual father to a spiritual son, what are the expectations? Because if you don't begin that relationship with some level of expectation and a sharing of the responsibilities, like yes. I said, it, it can, I've seen it happen so many times that it ends with disappointment and then there's accusations. You didn't do this. You didn't do this. Well, I didn't know I was required to do that. I didn't know that was part of this agreement. I do think there is a difference 
just fundamentally between a parent-child relationship and a marriage. Because a parent-child relationship, it is mainly one-sided for most of the relationship. Yeah. And I think that is beautiful. I think that that is God-ordained. I think it's awesome. But I I question or I'm, I'm thinking through um, the covenant aspect of that. Whereas marriage is a covenant and why it's not one person serving the other one-sidedly. It is both serving and partnering with one another for the long haul. Um, so it does just speak to what a covenant actually is. Uh, it's an expressed agreement to be there for one another in an equally um, beneficial way. Well, I do think that there is some point where my children, obviously when they were younger, it was all, it was very one-sided, but as they get older, as they mature, as they grow up, Mm -hmm. there is an exchange of life. Yeah. And I think sometimes in the church, some things can be more fad-like. It's Mm -hmm. like, well, no, we need to have fathers, so I'm going to be a father to 15 <laughs> people. And if you don't have the capacity for that, that's just going to end in in disaster. And so I agree to a certain extent that as a father, there there it is more one-sided, but that has to be God-ordained. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just, uh, it was Mother's Day and people at church, super sweet. They were I'm I'm not a natural mother, but they were saying, well, happy Mother's Day. You're a spiritual mother. And that's beautiful, wonderful. But I just, in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, yes, maybe to a few, but that, that's a high responsibility. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, Yeah. I don't, I just don't want to be throwing that out, you know? Yeah. Well, I think spiritual mothers and fathers are not like mommy and daddy. To an infant, to a toddler, to a teenager. No, it's, uh, in, in fact, if you think about it, uh, you grow up. And, you know, I remember, um, you know, when you got married, Joel. And I was like, I'll never, ever do a wedding again because I was <laughs> like a mess up there crying. You know, and a son shall leave his father and his mother and I'm crying. Uh, but <laughs> as we were doing this, I literally spiritually could feel a separation. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a bad thing. It wasn't a negative thing. I recognize he has become a man. He has become uh, now the head of his household, the source of life for his household. And that does not mean there is a brokenness of relationship, but it has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still, if we want to use this word, I'm still in covenant with you, Joel. I'd give my life for you. Uh, I care about you. I would invest in you. Whatever I have the ability to do, I would do. And I know you in return will do that for me. But it's very different because it's not like a mommy and a daddy caring for a child. Now it's come into more of a mature relationship where there really is an exchange because of maturity. And so I see that more in the spiritual mothers and father arenas, you know, we're not taking on a spiritual son and daughter because they are a baby, they are a toddler. You know, we are dealing with individuals where there needs to be that exchange. If I'm going to make that investment into you, then I need you to do this. So I'll work with uh, an individual and I said, okay, 
let me give you my book. And once you read these first couple chapters, you get back to me. Yeah. And that's what I'm talking about. I'm not even talking about, um, there needs to be some level of responsibility on both parts. Like my children, they live in in our house (laughs) and the benefits that come with being a part of this family requires responsibility. Yeah. It's just part of it. So, and that's true in my natural family. And if I have spiritual children, I have that same expectation that you have a responsibility to fulfill Mm -hmm. and that it is a requirement as being a part of this family. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, you know, my children, my natural children will always be blood, you know, family. Mm -hmm. But if they are in the benefits of living in my house, there is going to be greater expectations. And I even told my son this. I said, you know, I'm hard on you now, but once you leave this house, I will only speak in to where I'm invited. That's right. And so right now I might be all up in your grill about certain <laughs> things, but at some point when when you are living on your own, if you want wisdom and you want my input, it will be through invitation. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's really allowing him to become a man. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Yeah. And and do you remember when uh, you and Aaron got married, we said, we, you cannot come to us about Aaron. Aaron can't come mm-hmm. to us about you. No, if you guys need us, you let us know. Mm-hmm. But what you do in your family is none of my business. I don't know if this is on topic or not, but I'll just add it anyways. I know one of the things that we talked about when we first got married, it is Aaron's responsibility to protect me from her family. Yes. And it is my responsibility to protect her from my family. That was a part of marriage counseling. Was that? I don't know. I, <laughs> yeah. It stuck. Very, most definitely. Mm-hmm. Because uh, when Stephen and I got married, his fa- his mother was very controlling and very wounded person. So I won't mm-hmm. go into all those dynamics. But... Um, she would demand things and Stephen would protect me mm-hmm. from the demands of his family. Yeah. And then me, the demands of my family, because we had to recognize we have become our own unique. That doesn't mean we didn't have relationship or whatever, but we could not allow external sources yeah. to meddle in what we needed to build. But yeah, we, we, that was a part of the marriage counseling. I'm glad you <laughs> took key to that. That's good. I'll, I'll get super spiritual TV evangelist. Uh, maybe someone needed to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <gosh>. <laughs> <laughs> but going back to spiritual mothers and fathers. <laughs> Let her take the joke. And <laughs> like, yeah, I'm well, she laughed at that one. Yeah, I did. I got, I got the joke. Okay. <laughs> now let's bring uh, it back. <laughs> so, but you know, Really, we enter into those spiritual relationships to see people grow and mature and advance and increase. And one thing that I've learned is the the hungrier someone is, the more I can be a spiritual mom in their life because now they're going to take that and they're going to apply it in their life. Uh, I'll, I'll use the illustration. A mentor teaches you what they know, but a spiritual mother and father wants you to go farther than they ever went. So I think it's the matter of the heart. Mm-hmm. So covenant goes, I'm investing into you because I want you to go 
farther than I ever dreamed possible. Mm-hmm. Not just for you, but beyond anything I could ever accomplish. And it's like I look at the two of you and you walk in ways, uh, you have skills and abilities, and you do things that I never would have dreamed possible. You do things that I could never do. And see, I'm celebrating that because it's not competition because the goal of a spiritual mother and father wants you to go beyond them. Like, Joel, you want your kids to achieve more than you ever achieved, Mm -hmm. to be more successful than you ever were. And um, Yeah, I want them to buy me a house on the beach. (laughs) A vacation house by the beach. Like Aiden wants to play for the Chiefs. I don't know if that's possible. He hasn't played football yet, but I said, (laughs) if you're doing that, if we're driving you around all these places, we better get a house on the beach. And... uh, Mem and Pap ought to get something out of the deal. Oh my too. word! <laughs> he better make a lot of money. Yeah. A lot of pressure. <laughs> and but but if you think about it, that's that's the heart of a spiritual mother and father. It's not just about me giving you information, me making investment. We might people might use those terms of spiritual mother and father, but it's more mentorship. And there's. That's a beautiful relationship as well, but covenant goes a little bit deeper to where uh, the end goal, you talked about the goal, Joel, the goal is so much higher Mm -hmm. than it is just to mentor someone. I just think you have to be careful because some people call something a covenant relationship when it's really just a codependent relationship. Well, that's where the the spiritual father mother needs to be more mature and not allow that. Well, I think where, and I had to learn this the hard way. It's like sometimes them needing you makes you feel good. So you, Mm -hmm. you allow certain things because Mm -hmm. they need, or, or I I, just through maturity. It's like, I realized that Mm -hmm. I don't really have any power to change anybody. Mm -hmm. I can just give someone an opportunity uh, to change or an opportunity to be inspired by the life that I live. And and it's really up to them whether they choose to take that opportunity or not. I've seen through the years that ministry, pastoral, leadership want to keep the people needy mm-hmm. so they stay. Yeah. That there is a greater ability to build what you're trying to build. Yeah. Rather than really lead in a way that allows that person to become so successful spiritually, emotionally, relationally, that... That they have to choose to stay because they want to stay, not because they need you. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, that is so fulfilling Mm -hmm. when they don't need you. Yeah. But what's what's beautiful is if they still want you in their life, even if they don't need you yeah. in their life, that's covenant. Yeah. That's family. That that is a heart relationship that I really believe honors God so much mm-hmm. because we truly are. And as Christians, we should represent the heart of God on the earth, right? And so like even in business relationships or whatever, like I want to represent God in that. Mm -hmm. And so I don't want to, they say, 
You just give them enough to where they will pay you for more. And like I, my brain, <laughs> like I understand that business concept, but my brain struggles with that or my spiritual part of me struggles with that because, you know, I got to give my all. If we're doing something, I'm going to give my all. And then if they want more, that's fine. But I'm not going to hold back just so I get another job out of this. So I, I just think it's more carrying the heart of the father. Mm -hmm. If I'm talking about being spiritual father and mother, and it's not, hey, you're my spiritual mom. But I mean, carrying the heart of the father uh, is so important into, into our lives. And the world has so perverted covenant and have yeah. so been covenant breakers mm -hmm. that I believe we can rise up with the heart of covenant. Not that we're making, we can't make covenant with everybody, but carrying the heart that has the ability to have healthy, godly kingdom covenants that are ordained by heaven, yeah. which isn't everybody. But to have that, uh, and do that well, mm -hmm. you know, that's what will show what is of the world and what is of the kingdom. And um, what's the saying that we say to each other that I gave you mm. years ago? Yeah. Do you, do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? I do. <laughs> I have it are we going to say office. it or are we yeah, just going to yeah, say it? Just making sure we're on the same page, but it's from a poem from E.E. E. Cummings, but it says, I carry your heart. I carry it in my heart. Yeah. And that to me is a demonstration of of a higher covenant, maybe yes. not the natural sense of covenant, but it it is, I am carrying your heart in my heart mm -hmm. and vice versa. So um, it, it is, it's, it's carrying the heart of the kingdom and carrying not just my own desires, not just my own direction, my own, um, you know, vision and calling and purpose, but carrying that of yours as well. Um, and so that doesn't mean that I don't have my own life. Um, but it means that my life is for your life. Your life is for my life. Uh, we're, we're willing to lay down our proverbial lives for one another. So to me, that is, that is the higher goal of covenant is to carry another, another life, another heart with your own. And can't you see that in marriage? Can't you see that in parents and yeah. And kids, if that is carried mutually, mm -hmm. the health, the maturity, the freedom, this is not ego-driven. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it is life exchange. It is mutually empowering. It is mutually building. It is, that person is free. They yeah. are not bound or controlled or manipulated. They are free. Mm -hmm. And in that process, you know, really... Like, you don't have to be ooey-gooey, mushy-gushy, lovey-dovey. But boy, when you carry that, that is a high form of love yeah. that is experienced. I remember when I was real sick with COVID and Joel, you came up because Joel is not like a super, he's very pragmatic. You're not super emotional or anything like that. But he comes in and he's rubbing my leg. Okay, Joel doesn't really do that. And he goes, Mom, fight. Tell me you're going to fight. Mom, don't quit fighting. And I go, I must really be sick. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you were dying. Yeah. That's what was happening. So. And when he did that, I go, oh, man, I realized I was really sick uh, because he did that. So he was concerned. 
but I'm sitting there going, oh, I love him so much. Isn't that so sweet for Joel to do that? He really loves me. I'm a less is more kind of person. (laughs) You know, when you give it coming from me, then it means so much more. It does. And And then you have other people, you should pour it out all the time. (laughs) Not pointing anything. We all have different contributions and we celebrate that. But, But it was just, I mean, see, that is, I carry your heart in my heart. Yeah. I think that, I'm so glad you brought that up, Katie, because I think that really is foundational to covenant. Yeah. Because it, it goes beyond, yes, we need contracts. We need the understand that those are a type of covenant. Um, but there is a heart. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Yeah. You know, and and whosoever believes, see, that's the other side of the covenant believes but will have eternal life. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's so important to to recognize that the be- most beautiful modeler of kingdom covenant is our God mm-hmm. and our response to him. So covenant relationships are relevant but they're not what's the word? I don't want to say frequent or common. Common? Because you're not making a covenantal relationship with just anybody, right? Mm-hmm. No. And it's not a dime a dozen. Mm-hmm. No. It's it's worth its weight in gold. Yeah. And and there is a price that is paid, you know, on both sides and uh and a way of living and treating one another that connects. I mean, I Well, how do you know if someone is worthy of a covenantal relationship? Mm-hmm. I, oh, Wow. I mean, what do you mean by well, worthy? Worthy is a very, very broad Well, if you're term. talking about deep, meaningful relationship yeah. where you're laying down your life for someone, I would say someone would have to be worthy of that. Right. Um, well, well, not d- if you're God. <laughs> well, obviously, <laughs> right? Uh, the ultimate covenant right. is between us and God. Right. And then there's also marriage, right? You're not just just getting married just to anybody that you see, right. you yeah. know, so I, they have to be worthy of right. Yeah, I would say my investment. word for worthy in that would be trust, like very deep levels of trust and trust uh, must be earned. Uh, trust is something that's invested over the long haul. And, uh, I can love people very quickly, but that does not mean I trust them instantly. Mm-hmm. I've learned to be able to separate love from trust. Love comes from my character. Trust comes from theirs. So to enter into covenant where there really is this beautiful exchange of life where I carry that person in my heart and I know that I can be carried in their heart is it has been proven trustworthy. And I just think of some relationships uh, that God has so blessed me with. And um, and I, I, I see them as building, you know, potential for amazing covenantal relationships. But trust was like proven over and over. And it was like, I was shocked <laughs> at the return on investment, I was shocked at the desire uh, to be able to give as well as to receive. And 
Uh, it's like I would I I I've just been shocked. Yeah. And it's because these individuals carry something deeper than just a, a contractual agreement, but really embracing to where uh I'm willing to give that exchange of life. And um and that that happens over the long haul. Yeah. And it's proven over by how I treat somebody, how I speak about somebody, what I'm willing to do mm-hmm. on both sides. And so like I can be a spiritual mama to someone. That does not mean that I'm in covenant. Mm-hmm. Covenant goes a whole lot And deeper. that's why I use that strong word of worthy because yeah. it's not something like when you guys talk about covenant, you're talking about you are giving your life. Like when Katie, you were talking to mom, like my heart is yours and it's in the heart. And like, so like you guys take it very intensely. Like, because I believe it. Okay. I'm not saying so. The person that you should be entering into covenant with should be worthy of that investment is what I'm saying. You're not doing that with anybody. No. I think my answer for that, and it goes along with yours with the trust is to me, the person who you know you're worthy of it is when you choose each other over and over and over and over again. Like even in marriage, I'm not a person that believes there's only one person out there for everyone. Uh, you make it work is what you're saying? I'm, I'm saying mm-hmm. your soulmate is the person that you choose each other. That they are your soulmate, then <laughs> like they're the, they're your one, and you choose over and over and over in sickness and in health and good times and in bad till death to us part. You choose over and over well, and over. Even again. in that relationship, every marriage, if there is some type of exchange of vows, you're exchanging some level. This is what I agree to. This yes. is what I commit. This right. is what I promise mm-hmm. to do. So. In one of the biggest covenantal relationships that we have, it begins, there is a ceremony of where you exchange. This is what I commit. This is what I offer to you in exchange for a life with you. And I think that initial contract, that initial agreement deepens when it actually happens. Sure. When I didn't just say it that one day, but every single day I choose you. I choose to consider you in my words, in my actions, in my attitudes, in my the way I conduct my life. I'm cho- I'm considering you. I'm considering, I'm choosing you mm-hmm. each time. And that's where the trust is built. Yes, it's not exactly. just in the talk. It's in the proving ground of, I choose what is best for you through my life. So it's, it is that initial agreement, but it's living that out over and over and over again. And that's why it's, important to have preliminary conversations. Yeah. And that's kind of what a marriage counseling is. Yes, it is. Right? You're having these conversations before you enter into this deep commitment. Right. And generally those things are, where are we going? Mm -hmm. Like some of those questions, do we want children or not to have children? Yeah. Um, what, What is our expectation for the life that we will live? And a lot of those things, a lot of the conflicts that happened is because sometimes there hasn't been an agreement even before they enter in. And I think some of those things can be resolved if that has happened, but a lot of the conflict and um, resistance can, because you're entering into this deep, meaningful covenant and there's not even some level of agreement where you even want to go. And I think that process 
is something, and not just marriage counseling, but the process of quote unquote courting, dating, whatever you want to call it, really is a season of saying, is this person trustworthy? Is there an exchange Trustworthy? Of Did you say worthy? They're, trustworthy. Uh, oh, okay. oh, yeah, I'm they just, go together yeah. beautifully, don't they? <laughs> like you guys gasped when I said worthy. What do you mean worthy? <laughs> well, it was just a weighty question to just throw out an answer to. So I was like, wow, that's... that's a, but, but I think even when it comes to covenant, uh, they, there's a depth of value uh, that the more you value something, the more you're willing to pay a price for it. And uh, I go back to what does value look like means I will sacrifice for it. Mm-hmm. I will invest into it and I will treat it as valuable. That is huge yeah. right there. Yeah. And so a lot of times we want the fantasy of covenant, but we're not willing to sacrifice ourselves for it. Or it's the, the coin, I will sacrifice everything, <laughs> yeah. but the other person to has to you. sacrifice yeah. for it too, you know? And so I, I And that's why I think it's important to understand what you can be in covenant with someone on a very basic level yes, yes. that we are just coming into. Let's say you are in the youth soccer league and you are required to bring the orange, you know, those <laughs> orange things where the kids, you know, that is coming into agreement. We have a common goal mm-hmm. to make sure our kids have the vitamin they C don't that get they scurvy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so that is some level. And, and, and if someone doesn't fulfill that, that is, frustrating and and it's and gonna cost somebody more it's gonna cost somebody more but i i think and then we learn they're not trustworthy so i won't yeah enter exactly into an agreement with them in the future <laughs> i just think it's important to recognize that there are levels of yes. covenant and yes. basically it just means that you are in agreement for a common good for both parties, and they both require some level of responsibility. I know that this book in the Bible really doesn't get quoted that much, but it's in Amos 3.3. Can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? Mm-hmm. That's covenant like in a nutshell. Adds, agreeing on what? The direction. Yeah. Not always on the how-to or yeah. the... Last, what our last podcast was on disagreements, yeah. but here, this is a direction. Where are we going? Yeah. What is the end goal of this thing? Yeah. yeah and that's like in our own household, I might've talked about this before, but one of the agreements that we've have in our household is, do we all desire a happy house? Mm-hmm. And so a lot of conversations that I have with my children when they have a bad attitude or they're being disruptive or they're whatever, what harassing their brother or sister. I pull them aside. Aside. Do we desire a happy house? Yes. Probably more with a grimace on their face and a growl (laughs) in their tone. Yes. Does this behavior facilitate? Does this behavior cultivate a happy house? No. (laughs) What are you going to do about that? And so that's kind of... Um, how covenant works when there is a disagreement. Hey, are the things that we're doing, are they promoting what we both desire, both desire for the eventual outcome of this relationship? And in that instance, it was for a happy house. Yeah. You know, um, and for other instances, it might be the orange peels at the soccer game. I don't know. <laughs> so my point in saying all that is 
the deeper relationship, the greater level of expression is required. Yeah. Right? So if, it, or if we're just dealing with orange slices, that's a little <laughs> different than spending the, I do, you know, spending mm -hmm. the rest of the life, uh, your life with a person. I just, that's why you need to have greater levels of communication based yeah. upon the, the depth of the covenant. Yeah. I'm really rolling this around in my, in my brain. Um, which is like the communication aspect because, mm -hmm. you know, like the soccer game analogy, there was an express, like there was a sign up sheet, there was some kind mm -hmm. of an agreement. And I think I'm just thinking through like covenantal relationships in my own life. Mm -hmm. Like I think marriage, I'm, I'm not married, but it, that is an example where it is very expressed through vows. Yeah. One of the high levels. Yeah. But other areas it's like, the communication is almost unspoken. Like the communication is the way that they live their life mm -hmm. and the way that I live mine. But it doesn't necessarily mean like there was a, a sit down moment of like contract. Mm -hmm. It just, it just is. It just, would you say living with, would you say living with someone required greater levels of communication? Yes. Yeah. So I th I think so communication like like life communication, but yeah. not necessarily like a one two three four five. This is the requirement or the expectations. I think that's good to have. I'm just thinking through like, yeah. Does I think that always happen? Like we kind of been talking. I mean, I see covenant as a real broad thing. That covenant can be very simple and very um, um, what's the word? Um, a low level mm -hmm. of depth, a practical, a very practical thing, and 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 other covenants are like massive and life altering, and uh, deals with a great commitment of mm -hmm. heart. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I, I think anything that you are partnering with someone, I think if, if there's not like like that scripture said, you know, um, can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction, mm -hmm. and so. Sometimes you're quote unquote in covenant with family, but sometimes they just go off to their house and you go to your house. I think there might just be more of a covenant of, I will respect this person. I'll, I will honor them. But like I said, when you're living in the house with someone, you know, there's probably greater levels of communication that are necessary for it to be a healthy environment. Mm -hmm. I, I just think the, a core need of humanity, every human being. Humanity. Yeah. Okay. Is, is human beings, uh, is uh, to belong. And and if you think of the whole quote-unquote diversity and inclusion world, what's the big word? Inclusion. And the whole goal of inclusion is belonging. It's, it's being with those that open their heart and allow you to be a part. And so those things might not be quote-unquote spoken covenants, but when you're a part of a community where there is a sense of belonging, uh, I believe it might not be a spoken covenant, but it builds relationships that over a period of time and the building of trust and uh, the safety and the security, uh, it might never ever be called covenant, but there is a loyalty. You know, I look, uh, there's a couple in our church, well, not him, but her. She walked into the doors of our church. Uh, how 
39 years ago, you know, we were six months old of the church and, and she walked in the doors and she's still a part of this family. She <laughs> is so committed in love to this house, to the people of this house, to us. And I don't think, oh, I think there was a time we kind of entered into yeah. a covenantal agreement. That's true. There was with them. But, um, but it's so beautiful because they're living the heart of covenant. Yeah. And not all those things are outright spoken, but when they're lived day in yeah. and day out, yeah. we recognize that this, this really carries a depth of covenantal relationship. Yeah. It's expressed through the way they live their life. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I don't sacrifice? think most covenant relationships don't sit down and say, okay, guys, we are going to make a covenant exactly, now. Exactly, exactly. But what I said all those things because they're, I, I want you guys to understand the signs of it. Mm -hmm. Okay, they must begin with an agreement mm -hmm. that is mutually bonding, that has mutual responsibilities, but the end goal is for the benefit of both parties. Mm -hmm. That is what a covenant is. And it can be very simplistic. It can be um, non-earth non shattering, or it could be something like marriage that is will mm -hmm. totally affect the course of your life. Yeah. And I see... I, I think those things are revealed by what we do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. By, you know, the the choices we make and the actions that we take. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's end with this. One of the shorter podcasts that we've had in a while. So why should we care? <laughs> you know, we, we began by covenant relationships. Are they still relevant? Why should we care? And let me give you a few things that I was thinking. Because in the kingdom, we were never meant to do it alone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Healthy relationships produce mutual benefits. Mm -hmm. You know, this podcast is called Life Exchange. That is some level of covenant. <laughs> because Life Exchange is, I'm giving the very best of who I am yeah. and expecting you to reciprocate that yeah. so that there is an exchange of life. That is what covenant is, a healthy exchange of life for the mutual benefit of both parties. Mm -hmm. So why should we care? The benefits and the rewards outweigh the sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. If you are willing to pay the cost and you're willing to sacrifice for the individual and it's a mutual thing, it has so much power to affect your life and even produce change in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, and lastly, the deeper relationships, the greater level of expectation. If we're looking for deep, meaningful relationships, uh, we have to be willing to sit down and maybe in your head, you're thinking, I'm sitting down in a formal way. Sometimes it's like those nights where you're just sitting down and just talking around the campfire or mm -hmm. It's just sitting down and talking about dreams and visions, and that's kind of how it all begins. So I'm not talking about, are you a person that I can be in covenant <laughs> with? Let's <laughs> sit down and have a meeting, and we will write up the contract. contract. No. I'm just saying these are signs of covenant. Yeah, Coming into agreement, coming into a promise where there is expectations on both parties for responsibilities as well as benefits. Mm -hmm. And that is that is possible not just 
for a husband and wife, but it could be business partners. It could be uh, friendship partners. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the the end goal isn't changing the world, affecting humanity for <laughs> maybe it's like we want to have a good time. Maybe the end goal is like our relationship is based upon Fun. good times, good yeah. vibes, yeah. right? It's just covenant is basically on its most basic sense is coming together in agreement for a common goal or yeah, a common desired outcome. And what does that do? It it produces safety in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Like I feel safe to be who I am. Mm-hmm. And when there's that safety there, there is what I talked about earlier, a sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. So what level that is at, it all holds the power to, to, to bring emotional health, you know, even restore things because not mm-hmm. everyone's life has been perfect. Well, you start having a healthy relationship that helps heal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there, there are so whatever we do that aligns with heaven produces life. Mm-hmm. It produces peace. It impacts us for good in our soul, in our spirit, and in our soul. Mm-hmm. And so the more my soul uh, is able to receive from that, the healthier I become. Mm-hmm. And guess what? If I have relationships that are true covenantal relationships, mm-hmm. then I might face a situation that's very hurtful, maybe betrayal or whatever. But if I have got solid covenantal relationships, guess what? Something happens, it will not wipe me away because I have such a foundation of that which is healthy. That that one, yeah, they might've walked away. Yeah, they might've betrayed. Maybe they did this or that, but I'm not alone. Yeah. And that... That's so important because it does produce safety. Mm-hmm. Everyone yeah. needs to be able to, quote unquote, let their hair down and just be who they are. And our our world is looking for authentic relationships. And uh, honestly, as much as the world is craving that, it's very, very difficult for most people mm-hmm. to experience that. And when there is genuine relationships, whether it's formal, informal, practical, or spiritual, but where we carry someone in our heart, there is safety, there is security, and it really generates peace. It gives me strength to face whatever. Yeah, yeah. There's not fear there because there's love. Uh, (laughs) I know. Guess what? I do have... My little tribe, I can run back to. Yeah, right? yeah. I do. I I do have. I can. Okay, I can call Katie right now. I just need to talk to Katie. <laughs> yeah. You know, or I need to talk to Joel, or I need to talk to Steve, or whoever it might be. And and just to be able to have that is is so healing mm-hmm. and it's so empowering and it allows us to work through some of the difficult seasons of our life because we have a place where there isn't fear. Yeah. 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 Your question was, why should I care? Is that what the question was? Yeah. Why should we care about covenant? Yeah. Um, to me, the, the whole construct of covenant ultimately is a heavenly construct. Um, it began with God. I believe that covenant mm-hmm. is a part of his, his nature. 
Um, we can love him because he first loved us. I can choose him because he first chose me. And so it ultimately it's a part of him. And and you just said something mama about um, whenever we choose the ways of heaven, we, it's a, we live a peaceful, happier life, however you said it. Um, but to me, covenant, why we should care is covenant on this earth, on this broken, fallen, um, distorted, hard, painful earth. Covenant is a taste of heaven. It's a foretaste Uh, of what's to come because, um, in heaven, there will be no selfish ambition. Um, it will, there will be no fear. We'll be able to continually see each other purely and give our lives for each other, not taking and getting, but giving the very best of us all the time. And so when we get to do that in those few times where a covenant on this earth, um, and it doesn't happen with everyone on this deep level. I understand that we we've talked about various levels of covenant here, but on that deepest heart level of covenant, where we are giving our very best to each other, carrying each other's hearts in our hearts, uh, in those times where there is that safety, that trust, um, that vulnerability, that honesty, we're getting a taste of what we will know wholly in the heavenly realm. Um, and I just believe that, you know, that on earth as it is in heaven, covenant is a part of that. We get to experience that, um, in those relationships here on earth, which is just to me, it's so profound. There's such a depth to that, knowing that I get to experience that it is way more work. It's way more costly. Um, but my phrase is love has a cost and it's worth it. Um, the cost of covenant, um, is, is deep, but the benefits of it are so great that we actually get to experience the atmosphere, the culture of heaven uh, in our lives today. So to me, why should I care? Because um, it's what's ultimately for us is that that relationship that is so binding, that is so um, sacrificial, that is he laid down his life for us. You know, God so loved the world that he gave. Well, I get to give my life back to him and that is always going to be worth it. So the the reward of covenant is why I should care. That's good. That's very good. I want to jump out of the chair and run over and hug <laughs> you, but I knocked the mic over. You know? That is so good. You didn't see me roll my eyes. I almost said, do I have permission to go deep? <laughs> I started, but. So the question is, are covenant relationship still relevant Relevant. relevant in this modern day age? I think from our discussion, the answer is most definitely. Yes. yes. Very difficult, not easy. Um, but if you're willing to put in the work for them, they're not only relevant, but they are so, so beneficial. Yeah, I think I've heard someone say that love has a cost and it's worth <laughs> it's it. Worth it. I'm going to get it tattooed on me somewhere. <laughs> tattoo. Well, that could be a podcast. Our tattoos. tattoos. The devil. Well, clearly, you know my answer. <laughs> All right. I love what um, the great comedian Sebastian Maniscalco says. <laughs> He's like, you don't put a bumper, bumper sticker, sticker on a Ferrari. So. <laughs> All right. Till next time. Thanks for listening to Life Exchange. We'll be back next week with more conversation on topics of life and leadership. 
Until next time, be sure to check out our website at givinglight.org where you can learn more about our church and access loads of resources to help you grow in your walk with God and people. If you like what you heard today, we'd be grateful if you would leave a five-star review and share with your friends. Be blessed. Remember to shine your light and have a great week. Thank you.